0: Welcome to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast with Brett, Ed, Fran, Johnny, Matt and Paul helping you to build more muscle and to lose weight with a hint of banter and a dash of humour. Enjoy this week's episode. Five, four, three, two, one. better. Way better. No echo. More better? More better. If anyone realised or want to know what we're talking about, we just had an echo so I've just restarted. Yeah.
1: yeah. Great stuff. start. <laughs>
0: Great start. So we are on episode number ninety-three. I think getting, so, ninety-three, is... getting
1: close to triple digits.
0: Yeah, do something special for the uh, century, shall we? Don't know. Keep what saying way. that,
1: but we'll uh, probably forget about it and then probably wing it two minutes beforehand, and uh, it'd just be shit as all the rest.
0: Yeah, it's a bit like, a bit like our coaching, really. Winging it. <laughs> no, and... <laughs> that's
1: that that's top quality top quality <laughs> um, it is
0: actually top quality our coaching um, I don't think you could really ask for more being coached by, by one of us
1: apart from being coached by somebody else
0: hold on look, so this is from today All other things, uh,
1: I think uh, I okay. so yeah I still think I'm smashing it um, you're the best coach ever and look forward to hearing your feedback later Jeez, buddy. How much did you pay him to say that? <laughs> that? That sounded a lot like you putting on a bad accent. Sorry, was it was. <laughs> yeah, it was
0: just me. No, I'm only really joking. No, it's just client feedback. You know, just doing the check-ins and just getting nice messages. He was being sarcastic, clearly. Clearly, clearly. you're the best coach ever. Right. <laughs> It's <laughs> oh, anyway. so obviously just his
1: first week, and you've uh, put him on maintenance and told him it's dieting calories. No, that
0: is not. That is not actually. That is um, photo shoot client Carl Hayward who has. I Think what's it, what are we now? Six weeks end of the end of the sixth week is it for photo shoot people? I think so. Yeah, yeah. and he is, I believe, seven kilos down nearly. Nice.
1: That's some so good.
0: Ten, more than a kilo a week, which is pretty good. And obviously, it wasn't wasn't like he was huge um, and got lots of additional body fat to lose anyway so um i will say i don't know if we're going to have a competition between clients and who's making the best transformation but i do think it's going to be him
1: i don't know, I don't know. Need to wow. check susan's log see how um,
2: susie
0: is doing what's interesting is um we've not really obviously we're all seeing people's activity within our like closed community and, and obviously having conversations, but obviously we've not seen each other's, um, we're not sharing progress between clients yet, have we? So it's interesting to see what's going to be.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, Susan's £10 pounds down, so.
0: Good effort. Great effort, in fact. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I gave, obviously you'll have seen, but I gave Carla a this weekend because energy levels were a little bit low um, and he plays bets football, so... I thought, well, we can probably help some football. Ironically, the game got called off today for waterlogged pitch, so <laughs> never mind. I said, oh, so at least you'll be looking nice and full. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. Well, I've just uh, been around to one of my uh, friends, and he, he works at the same place as me, and he, uh, I was dropping him some gin off, and <laughs> he was in the garden, and, and he's um, built a, like a, a patio for a hot tub, and he sunk it into the ground so the hot tub is at floor level and uh that's called the, a swimming pool what, a very small bubbly <laughs> swimming pool <laughs> um and, uh, the, the the pit that is uh that in um the, the the motors or whatever are near it, and uh, the pit has flooded because the shelter we built over it didn't put uh, guttering on it um so he's got more water in the the pit around the hot tub than actually in the hot tub. <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh,
0: this yeah. is where playing ahead probably uh probably does wonders for creating a good hot tub.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So about um, the smaller
0: details like guttering. Guttering the like air yeah,
1: on your on your shack around it. <laughs> oh. uh, make me laugh. But uh, normally is a he is a good handyman, he, he's like a handyman and uh you know, he's normally pretty pretty on it, but uh, not this time when it came to his own stuff.
0: <laughs> Would you say he's um quite handy?
1: He's pretty handy, yeah. Double handy.
0: Double handy. Um, and I suppose it's a bit like, uh, a bit like coaches and their diets or their training. You know. might be oh, they're shit at doing that. Yeah, shit at doing their own.
1: <laughs> that's why, like, we get so many coach clients. Like, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Um, and that's
1: why I coach. I often
2: need coaches.
0: Johnny. Yes, you sir. On, you went on last week. What's been happening?
2: What's been happening? Yeah. The Barcelona and stag do. Nice. Survive. Yeah, I had a couple of drinks when I, when I'm done, I'm done. Like, and they, would, you know, buy me a couple of bottles. I said, don't buy me because I'm not gonna drink any water anyway. I said, you just wasted ten euros a bottle. You know, on you. It's your fault. I thought. Yeah. So I survived that. Jiu-jitsu. Do jitsu today. Did you? Followed. Yeah. Followed by legs, and then I got MMA Wednesday followed by jiu-jitsu
0: again. Ah, I want to get
2: so, back into jiu-jitsu. Yeah, so I'm
1: going to... I used to do it when I was young. Got to a brown and white belt, but then you have to learn a lot of, uh, of the Japanese for black belt, so uh, I quit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love the Japanese. I'm quite dead. Um, Johnny, is yours, is yours naked or gi? Naked? As in, like, you don't wear gi?
2: Uh, I didn't do it obviously because it's my first session, but they do, wear yeah. Do they wear gi Right, okay. Because that, yeah, that makes a then, huge difference. But after that, they, they go. There's like two classes, one after another, and in the, the second one, they don't. Okay. Because the first one's BJJ, mm-hmm. and then the second one is combat jujitsu, or something.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So in that, they don't wear a gi. Okay. What do
1: they do? Just do it in the pants, So they
2: just wear well, like, It's, it's very much like, do like under armour, got sort of tops and stuff like that but not tap out stuff you know what i mean yeah. yeah a lot of, a lot of, just lot of wear,
0: yeah you just wear like under armor stuff and yeah things obviously because the gi can be quite a t- quite a handy tool but it's, yeah, um yeah, yeah. when i when i did it years ago um it was quite uh, a unique experience being strangled by your own ghee being like tap, tapped out by your own gi because obviously yeah. people get shit to grip and obviously you're getting, like, you're getting neck cranked by your own gi it's like oh this is not very pleasant
2: yeah, so, yeah. Cool. because MMA Wednesday, which I think has been more applicable for real life now. I don't think jujitsu Jiu Jitsu is not real life
0: yeah the, the problem with Jiu is like it's not going to stop pulling a knife out of you or like even a street brawl it's not, I mean you might be able to get someone down and basically choke them out or break an arm like getting an arm bar or Kamora or something and, you know snap yeah. the shoulder blade off but i
2: think bit... if you've got if you've got stand up and it happens to go to the ground at least you know you've got that as well
0: yeah I'll tell, I'll tell you one thing right you knowing how to fight is a very good thing but you just hope to god that you never have to use it in fact it's the best thing about knowing how to fight so you don't have to use it hello darling are
1: you training to take on Carlton?
0: can you say hi sorry someone's just joined us say hi can you see her waving? Nope. Say hi. No. Nope. Summer, what's happening? What's happening Summer? Johnny says what's happening. I don't know. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> I don't know, do you, do you want to get down? He's you showing your phone? <laughs> that's, that's Mummy's phone, isn't it? Okay. Yeah. Okay, bye. 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 I oh, get my charger, say bye sorry sorry for the big interruption <laughs> <laughs> Shit, run off.
1: Um, yeah are you, are you training to take on Colson then yeah why not sick confirmations here next fight what three months four months is that what you need
0: give me,
2: give me six
0: <laughs> six oh, months it? or <laughs> six
2: years I don't think my
0: shoulder would I don't think my shoulder would tolerate that anymore mate he's got a groin strain he's always got back
2: problems I think you would be alright it's the only problem. My the strike, where I and my shoulder is wrecked. It's like I don't know. And you just like, like, it doesn't matter how, how big someone is or how hard they are. It's like whatever, you just go. Don't matter, like because you know because you've got rules. It's just like whatever, who cares? But it's different, oh, street, I suppose, it? I don't want if it I. It's just I want if fit, doesn't matter. And if it happens, you need it. You need it, you.
0: Yeah.
1: It Especially living there. in the valleys. Full of scumbags. <laughs> Getting into fights every day. We don't have that issue around here. <laughs> no, none of us. Then do we. Everybody gets stabbed. Uh, are. We were talking about this last night, actually. I only know one person who's been murdered in the area. There has been others, but I've only actually known of one Wait, actual a, person. This is in my. Yeah.
0: This is a horrendous conversation. I don't know anyone that's been murdered in my area and I don't want to know. That's that's a horrendous. Well conversation. not
1: I'm not talking about my street, I'm talking about like the whole town of like twenty five thousand people.
0: I don't know anyone that's been well obviously people have been murdered. Sorry, darling, People have been murdered in Norwich, but um I don't know anyone that has. Jesus.
1: Is that because you've got no friends or?
0: No, it's because I'm just Norwich is a nice place and <laughs> just not a nice thought.
2: Is it a weekly occurrence, Johnny, in the valleys? Well, when, oh, how long ago was it? Maybe 15 years, they found, well, they didn't find someone, they found someone's teeth. <laughs>
0: Jesus Christ, right, I'll tell you what, I'm going to cut this conversation now, because this is going to be a long episode anyway, given the, the topic and the content, and I'll be honest, this is a terrible conversation, especially with everything that happened over the weekend. So, True. Yeah. True. Um, so let's let's move this on. Um, okay, well, John, I'm going to assume you're all right. How's a, this is a quick one, actually. How's Eliza?
2: All spe- good. Yeah, spe- Chat- spe- chatting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. pepper, up there. She says no one about No, <laughs> no boil. Yeah, it's all good. Sleeping good. ocean Hopefully, she'll be alright. Like, has been coughing the last three weeks. Oh, really? Yeah, that's not good. Awesome. Gagging.
0: Yeah, that happens. I think I don't know if that's a kid thing or just general illness or just something kids do, but some somehow same kind of stages.
2: Yeah, seems to be be quite relatively normal. I think, like what I've seen of other kids or babies, obviously.
0: Who's tapping a cereal bowl? Sorry, that's really Liam. There, quite loud, quite
2: loud.
0: Um, time to hurry up and just slurp that milk. It's good for good for the bones, (laughs) calcium and protein. Um, um, Yeah, yeah, Liam. Cool. Right. So let's 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 just shift the songs because I said this could be a long episode otherwise. So today we are by request again, a bit like we did with the protein episode, we're going to do a more in-depth uh, episode around carbohydrate intake. All the like ooh, amazing faces of oh my god, so exciting.
1: Really excited. Carbohydrates. Chips basically, chips.
2: Um, Facebook live to this episode and get some actual, in, actual good information. Hopefully, yes.
0: Um, well, ma- sorry. Let's be, no, sorry, mate. I was gonna say le- most, at least most carbohydrates or most food, most decent or the most exciting foods are ca- predominantly carbohydrates, right? Pancakes and eight. burgers, and which are, are
1: burgers. half carbohydrates, or two thirds, I suppose. Two bits of the bone depends on how much filling you have,
0: and also if you go and by volume or calorie you'd argue it's probably a good mix of protein carbs and fats, really.
1: Is is a burger one of the most balanced foods in split of macros going?
0: Yeah, and it's and it's even the most balanced foods going if you stick tomato, lettuce and other forms of vegetables in there. Like it's basically the best meal ever, let's be honest.
1: It's everybody should live off burgers.
0: Correct. Correct Um So I'm yes. Joking. Fuck you Johnny asshole. Right, so um let, who wants to start with defining what a carbohydrate is. Let's get the, get the boring bits out of the way.
2: Um go on then. I will uh, I will try not to make it really boring. And oh, just just, brief. A quick, just a quick one mate. Cool. On. Just that's what she said we Yeah, are, a bit of fun, should we? (laughs)
0: It's better than the pre-recording talk of dildos that don't even take batteries, anyway, so. (laughs) Oh, dear, dear. Oh, dear, dear, dear.
2: dear, dear. Dear, My God. Anyway, so, boring bit. It's basically carbs are made of, or made up of, three molecules, which being they are carbon, hydrogen, and oxygen. I mean, how boring is that? Really? Anyway. I know I know
0: you can make that more interesting. Interesting. How? Oh. Because obviously, protein is often shortened to pro. Fat is often shortened to fat. Whereas carbs, carbohydrates, are often so, uh, shortened to CHO. CHO,
2: know. which is not chocolate, which apparently someone did think it was. I don't know where we were yeah. that. So Martin mentioned the yeah. conference, it was quite you know, a scientist or something like that. So was that chocolate. Yeah,
0: it, 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 didn't he say it was quite like a well-known researcher or something like that like someone you wouldn't expect to to not know what it was short for
2: yeah well anyway if you do see that abbreviation anywhere CHO is not chocolate but it is carbohydrates and funny enough like protein it also contains four calories per gram yes. um three types mono Monosaccharides, which is single molecule, so things like like glucose, simple, Mm -hmm. simple sugar, basically, um, which is what everything basically digests down to in the body. you know what I mean? So then you got disaccharides. So that's two monosaccharides together, which is things like lactose and sucrose, sugar, table sugar. Oh no. You've got which are the more complex
0: <clears throat>
2: carbohydrates like cellulose, starch, and glycogen. So, as you, as you can see, that the, the base of monosaccharides is a sugar. So, all the carbohydrates you eat eventually get broken down into things the body can use, like glucose, which is a simple carbohydrate. So we won't talk about it now, but it sort of <clears throat> makes you wonder, like right, for fat loss, for example, simple sugars and complex carbs, do they, really, do they make much of a difference in terms of fat gain, freedom? just purely on molecules? No, they don't. However, we'll talk about that later. Um, okay. That's it. for the explanation of what they are. Are they essential? So I go with
0: that? Uh, well, unless you want to give someone else a chance to speak, Johnny.
2: Bloody
1: hell, Johnny, yeah. yeah That's it,
0: hell. podcast done. Right, I thought we said it was going to be a long one. Um, I just, just yeah, I suppose I just want to add one thing, um, and then maybe Ed can start talking about the essential part. But um, hey. obviously, yeah, everything ends up as glucose in the bloodstream anyway. Um, the reason being, obviously, is that it's our...
2: All
0: right. Sorry, someone just getting mental anyway. Good. Um, just because obviously the glucose is really our body's preferred uh, form of energy or not energy um, well energy fuel, substrate thank you (laughs) Um, mainly because obviously the brain specifically runs on glucose um, or at very worst ketones but I suppose we'll probably touch on ketones and stuff at some point during this conversation so um, Ed all I've just said yeah, although source, you just are there... talked about it, half of it. Right, no, I haven't. I just said <laughs> this is a nice segue or sub- leading up to it. I'm just, I'm just setting you up. So, obviously, although um, obviously it is our preferred source, is it actually essential?
1: It's not essential, no. Um, so, as Brett said, uh, parts of the body do prefer carbohydrates and um, will run better from carbohydrates. So, things like the brain, central nervous system, stuff like that, all uses glucose. Uh, so as johnny said that's broken down carbohydrates um and and they'll they, they prefer to use those over anything else they don't really run very well off off other things um so quite often uh like if your energy stores are low and you get a bit of like kind of brain fog it's because basically your your brain would like carbohydrates to run off um so if you haven't eaten anything all day and you're, you're dieting anyway then that, that could be the the reason for that brain fog um but you can uh, then start to form glucose from, uh, other things. So your proteins and your fats. Um, and this is when people say, Oh, you know, you get everything you need from keto. Um, but basically it's your, your body doing a very long winded way of, uh, getting, uh, glucose and it can break down, uh, fats and, uh, break that down into the, uh, electron transport chain and, uh, which creates the glucose and that can fuel the body, and same with proteins. So, when people say about like muscle wastage and stuff like that, if you're dieting too hard and your muscles will get eaten by your body, this is kind of what they're talking about. So, if the body doesn't got enough uh, energy, then it could potentially start to use uh, muscle proteins to um, break that down and, and again turn that into glucose. Um, so, if you had no carbs in your life at all, um, not even a gram, then your body will get those glucose from elsewhere. Um, yeah uh, and to create atp which is kind of like the the energy that your uh, body uses when well for anything uh, that comes from glucose so things have to be turned into glucose to make that atp if you ever did uh, a level p you'll have heard of atp um and or biology and uh, yeah so, so that's what your, your body requires um so that can come from other places. So it's not essential. It's one of the only, well, it is the only macro, apart from alcohol, um, it, that isn't essential. So we need protein for bodily functions. We need fats for vitamin upregulation and uh, and bodily functions, uh, well, to help with bodily functions. Um, and if we, if we cut all fats out and all proteins out of our diet, then, yeah, we're, we're going to be pretty messed up. But if you cut all carbs out of your diet... You're not really going to be that messed up. Um, it's just your body will do it. It'll just go in a very long-winded um, process of um, and way of, of getting those glucose. So be nice to your body. Give it carbs, and uh, it'll get glucose easier that way.
2: Mm. I nice
0: think, to taste as well. Yeah, it's definitely best foods. I told you. Um, yeah, I suppose like so carbs. Um, I don't know if I'm getting too far ahead really saying this or not I don't think so but so obviously carbs are a are, or glucose but carbs obviously our preferred source but just to recap you can obviously make it from other substrates as you said because it's long winded um, it's not very good for performance say so certainly like glycolytic stuff so obviously Ed, you mentioned ATP, obviously adenosine triphosphate, um, and obviously it's being uh, like our fuel or, or energy currency, almost probably a good way to describe it. Um, that's quite a fast, like that glycolytic system or pathway that creates that ATP, is quite a fast turnover, but it doesn't have a very long, like storage or like a, a large amount of storage. So basically, you can, you can you can turn it over quite fast, but it doesn't. It runs out quite quickly. Um, I don't know if I'm explaining that very well, but you know what I mean. So Essentially, if you don't have carbs, there's nothing to turn it over. That's why, like, it's not really very well recommended to have a low carb diet if you want to have any form of like high glycolytic style performance, i.e., weightlifting or sprinting or like high energy sports. You might be okay on like longer endurance stuff, but even then, you know, you've kind of got to work on something that's called like obviously. Even if it's the really t- right term really, but fat adaptation to, to standard, try to get really good at basically burning fats um for energy. But basically if you want a decent amount of performance you wouldn't re- really recommend having a low carb diet, would we? Right.
1: No,
2: it's if...
1: I was going to say if you're like doing any sort of like endurance sports or tour, so if you're a cyclist or runner or anything like that or even a weightlifter or you know anything that requires a decent amount of energy you're not going to recommend an overly it's a bit old school actually an old school thought that um you should be eating a high fat diet if you're like a marathon runner but I think that's uh, been uh, kind of poo-pooed a little bit now um you do need lots of carbs so you can store them and then also you so you have those readily available carbs that can be utilized straight away and then you tap into your energy stores um so if you're if if you think about what brett's saying there so kind of to put a bit of context to it or like a bit of an example if you are doing a half marathon or a marathon or something like that and your body is struggling to pump enough blood to the muscles and to get rid of all the wastage out of the muscles to stop you cramping um and you know are trying to make your body work as efficiently as possible. The last thing it wants to be doing is then having to break down uh body fats and things like that to uh, to turn into glucose to refuel your ATP. It just wants to be able to get the glucose out of the muscle and shut well uh, out of the storage wherever it's been stored, whether it's the muscle, the liver, whatever, um, and get it into the bloodstream and then utilise it properly in the muscles. Um so it it, it doesn't want to be going I'm trying to think of like a good, good kind of like real world example, but um, it's like if you're driving along the motorway, you don't, and your car runs out of fuel or is running out of fuel, you don't want to have to then go and um, make your own fuel um, in a field bef- to fill it up. You just want to be able to fill it up straight away at the petrol station and drive on. Does
0: that that kind of work? Kinda, kinda. kinda. Yeah, I mean, it I, suppose, <laughs> I suppose like obviously. Yeah, You you, you can use fat for fuel, you can use glucose for fuel. Um, Fat tends to be much slow-burning, is the easiest way to describe, isn't it? A slow-burning fuel. Um, Carbs burn a bit quicker, and obviously usually are then available a bit quicker. Um, The higher intensity of exercise you go, the more carbs you burn, the less fat you burn, generally. so obviously there is a. It's, it's not just as easy as like you need carbs, you don't need fat, or vice versa. There's obviously like a, a scale of how much you need or how much you're burning at any one point in terms of how much fat and how much carbs you're oxidising. But definitely, I think like like you say, if you're if you're if, if you're needing X amount of glycolytic style fuel, i.e. carbohydrates, like you said, Ed, like trying to convert fat into glucose is just a long winded way around to do it. It's just never going to be very good performance. And obviously your your analogy kind of works, but. No Isn't makes, it, Other than no one it, makes that fuel in the field.
2: Efficient, yeah, you do. You can grow it. Did it on Top Gear. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Go on, John Didn't is it Trent Stellingworth? Um, didn't he say he was, it was five percent less efficient for marathons? And was it was it cyclists who were more fat? What did he do? They were not keto, but they were low carb, higher fat, and they were five percent less efficient producing energy. And five percent of the top level is a horrific amount. That's probably one and 20th. So it's not, you know, if, if you're at if you're, if you're a high level, any endurance, mm-hmm. probably don't want to be using fat for very well. Because no, the 5% that... is the 5%. You yeah. will not lose.
0: And I think it wasn't Trent talking, that's even in, in athletes that have essentially trained their body to become what, mm. quote, quote unquote, fat adapted, i.e., you know, yeah. eating lots of fats and eating very little carbohydrates and basically training those those kind of metabolic flexibility. Well, it's actually not really flexibility, is it? But um, that metabolic pathway of burning fat. Yeah. When, when we say flexibility, I suppose we mean the ability to switch between fats and carbohydrates. It's not really what I meant, actually. I meant more just because it's not really flexible if you're just trying to train it to burn fat. Do
2: you, you can- think you need a top level af- endurance athlete, or Olympian who's ever won it without carbs?
0: Uh. I don't know. I don't know. I imagine there's probably somebody that did all right. <laughs> I don't
2: know. The winners will have probably been fueled on carbs. What's going to be ninety nine percent or whatever? Mm. It's is like you talk to people who love keto. Yeah, you may just be talking to the wall. Yeah.
0: So I mean, I guess. The, the point I made about metabolic flexibility is probably a good thing, actually, In as we're kind of on the performance aspect. We've jumped ahead a little bit, but that's fine. Um, I suppose one of the things you might want to do in terms of if you want to get really good at performance, then actually training in periods where you do have really low carbs, um, whether that's kind of like after overnight fast or whether you just kind of train and then don't recover. You can obviously have a term called recover low, low where you then don't consume carbohydrates for a period afterwards just because, that, again, that can kind of... Tr- um, train or, or help with this kind of principle of metabolic flexibility where you can then you'd get better at using or switching between carbs and fats for fuels um, which then might help overall performance so I guess obviously it's something to consider maybe like if you really focus on performance as I say just have periods of lower carb and periods of higher carb and just try and almost I mean I don't think there's really a right or wrong way of doing it as such but other than just periodising some form of some high carb training, some low carb training maybe um, and i say high or low carb can mean you know like Eating carbs before, or it might be eating carbs the night before and having full glycogen stores might still be considered high carb, um, and vice versa. Having like no, having a low carb meal at night time and sleeping and then training without eating in the morning might be then a, like a low carb um, approach because obviously you should hopefully use some of the the carbs stored in your muscles as glycogen. So like say, it just helps with, with could or could potentially help with performance if you're trying to eke out extra every little kind of avenue to, to increase performance.
2: I remember <clears throat> when I'd done the the 90-mile cycle race without training, didn't take really much of me at all. And to the point where I've never really used – I've used intro before when I didn't know a lot in weight training. It's like, you don't need weight training ever unless you train for, like, six hours. I was on the top of the mountain, cramping from hip to toe. I, I could not move, and I was run I run out of all food, and this is halfway around. And someone gave me um, – what was it? one of those you know, fructose glucose gels. and SIS, the, and the gel thing. Yeah. Within a minute or two, was ridiculous. I'd gone from cramping to getting up and been able to walk and then cycle within minutes. Mm. I think it'll happen if you're eating a bit of peanut butter, for example, or something that's more fatty than that, which is not much, but you know what I mean? Yeah. It's amazing how you it out. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Um... Okay, well we kinda of went slightly ahead and got a little bit off track talking about forms, but it's all right, it's fine. So um just trying to bring it back to where we were then, so uh we kind of talked a little bit about carbohydrate metabolism. Um what else did we want to talk about? So we talked about that's been essential. Do you know, do we want to start talking about while we're on the subject almost I suppose, of a little bit around kind of the recommended intakes potentially or Yeah. Yeah, Training well, yeah, well. Obviously, we know staying alive is zero because we've already said that they are not essential. But I suppose, what's kind of the recommended intake um, for someone that is just looking to, you know, general pot person just want to be healthy, um,
2: want to lose weight? No, or... uh,
0: well, no. Let's just let's because obviously
2: this general happened, health, yeah,
0: just general health. I think if not, we'll start getting in.
2: I think if
1: you're if you're working out your macros um and you uh, you've sorted out your protein and then you sorted out your fat between i say like 0.8 and 1.2 grams per kilo of body weight then your carbs would kind of be what would be left if you knew roughly your calories if you didn't know your calories or you were just kind of working on carbs first maybe which is i wouldn't recommend but um you'd be looking at somewhere between one gram a kilo of body weight and four grams a kilo of body weight i'd probably start on the lower end maybe like two-ish something like that see how that affects your weight things like that and then um up it if you're start losing weight if you're not intending to um because if you go straight in at four grams per kilo and then you're at like 1.2 grams of of fats and then you're at like two grams of um protein you're going to be eating quite a lot of calories so unless you're aiming to slowly build weight i would err on the the lighter side Mm -hmm.
0: okay good um, would that change so Johnny would that change for a fat loss client then
2: it depends because I mean <clears throat> well they say between one and three grams roughly but then again that depends on obviously the client the weight what training they do or what's their modality of training are they an endurance athlete looking to lose weight you know it can happen so you'd look It's it's very individual it could be anywhere like some people like being naturally lower carb so they may be at a gram but then someone who likes running as they're training or cycling you might put them higher so they can perform to a decent level when they are running or biking or whatever but fundamentally it comes down to iron calorie deficit and you set protein first then you set fat then whatever's left would be carbs but it could be anywhere but generally if you look between one one and three of your average person who maybe just does weight training then you'd probably be in the right ball park but again depends Yeah. what you're doing as an activity you know what I mean because I know a lot of people run by me will lose weight but they'll run all the time or cycle all the time I will weight train so you you could probably put them higher, maybe four or five, because if they going out for a two-hour run four days a week, they're burning a huge amount of calories compared to someone who's just doing four hours of weight training a week. yeah, yeah. So It's just very individual. You couldn't even say one to eight grams if you really wanted to do. I mean, if someone's cutting, would you do cut for weight and do runs? No, you probably wouldn't Would you, but if you were heavy... Unless you were carrying a bit of extra and you wanted yeah. to PB or something, yeah. Yeah, If I mean, if you're that level... And you look. Oh, I need to lose five kilos to be faster. And you're training fifteen hours a week, and you want performance, and you probably have eight grams, and you you probably suffer on fat a bit, and you bring protein down maybe a little bit, but depends. I think
0: eight, eight grams, unless you're literally a, a, a true endurance athlete, I think it's probably gonna yeah. getting a bit getting a bit getting oh,
2: high, yeah. isn't it, rare, it? I, I,
0: I suppose, like, just to keep it simpler. And obviously, just exclude that like an outline, maybe that might be that type of client where they are doing lots and lots and lots of exercise through endurance exercise. I suppose, yeah, just to reiterate, I suppose the one to three grams is probably where yeah. we would set most people. But I do like your point. And I think that's the key part, which Ed did say as well, is that you would generally set your protein at an amount based on whether you're, you know, we've, done, we've said this in the protein uh, episode, haven't we, but in terms of whether you're dieting or not, um, generally, if you're dieting your protein, oh, that's lovely, Ed. Um, sorry Um, you set your protein slightly higher level if you're dieting Uh, potentially if you're not then you can probably get away with slightly less but then you'd set your fat levels and once you've kind of covered your minimum fat levels excluding preference like Johnny said you would then just fill the hole of whatever your calories are based on carbohydrates and I think that's probably the key point Um, I think Johnny like you just to kind of reiterate and and echo what you've said as well so if you are exercising more it probably means you're going to have more carbohydrates probably because obviously that overall if you're exercising more your overall calorie intake is going to be more yet what what you would probably eat for your protein and your fat probably isn't really going to change so even though your overall calories gone up and those two uh parts of your um your macronutrient intakes are quite static that then means you've got a larger pool left to then fill with carbohydrates so that's why you're probably gonna have more carbohydrates when you're exercising, um, unless. You just really like fats, and that's just what your preference is in terms of your your type of diet. And then you might just decide to eat more fats because you feel okay on fats, and and obviously they taste nice, and that's what you like.
2: You could can take it a bit further and go right. People can carbs cycle go that go around their training days. Someone trains four days a week, and they do run. They run for two hours, and those you could have higher carbs on that, maybe four or five grams. Other than the days off, you might have one. So,
1: on average, that's going to be. Yeah, I, I do that with um, sometimes with dieting clients. We sometimes have like higher and lower days. Um, but I do it quite often with bulking clients. It depends on preference. But especially if they're struggling to eat a lot of food every single day, it kind of gives them a bit of a, a break from it. But uh, with like one client now, Ben, we've done it for like. I don't know, six, seven months um, on training days he has more carbs on non-training days he has less carbs um, and it just works really really well for him um, Yeah, so it's a bit different but um, you can do that when you're walking, when you're dieting, when you're maintaining yeah,
0: yeah just I mean I'm assuming it works well for him for, purely because of preference because obviously in terms mm. of physiologically it's, let's be honest carb cycling or having higher and lower even calorie days yeah. isn't really going to change or do anything for anyone I mean I suppose the point around if you're dieting and it might make a tiny bit of difference to like the timing of the amount of food you're eating or the timing of your carbohydrates might make a, big, a bit more difference because you're already on low glycogen stores but other than that yeah
1: she seems like went- a little bit of a refeed um, but yeah
2: I know once before when they wanted to practice fueling a race so I thought we'll just chuck most of these on your long training runs to see What's what's going on, like? Mm. Better practice before the race. Don't be shovelling sixty grams of carbs now you've got a bad stomach and you end up shitting yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want
1: that. Go or pull a rack all over the place. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so uh, okay, so um, we already touched on you know uh, monosaccharides, uh, monosaccharides, disaccharides, and polysaccharides. So mono being single chain, uh, so. Single chain sugars: galactose, glucose, and fructose. Disaccharide being glucose plus one or two other of the others, so glucose and galactose, glucose and fructose, or even glucose and glucose. And then you've got your your polysaccharides, which are more complex chains of uh, lots of linked monosaccharides. So, um, shall we touch? Uh, actually, no. I was going to say, shall we start touch? Yeah, actually, let's touch on that. Let's touch on starch, uh, starches, and. Then we'll touch on the resistance starch, what it is. So, uh, starch? Are we we touching? Starch? (laughs) Starch? That sounds some sort of military call. So, anyway, who's going? What is starch? Not Stored
2: form of glucose in plants. Sweet. Okay. What's That's basically it, isn't
0: it? Yeah, it is. You're right. No. What's your favorite? So, this, I suppose, actually, this is why we sometimes, or I, I've caught myself, and I realize that sometimes clients don't always even understand this. But sometimes you can separate, like, so carbohydrates include uh, all vegetables, right? So, sometimes you can say, like, okay, so um, uh, you want to have as many vegetables as you like, but try not to eat too many starchy carbs. And I forget, oh shit, maybe they don't know what starchy carb is. So, Johnny, give me some ideas of starchy carbs, some examples
2: potato potato yes all you need all you need, all you need. Is
0: potatoes. that is correct the dude from scotland that went on the potato diet will tell you exactly that
2: uh rice yeah. pasta.
0: pasta so your beige foods apples like... <laughs>
2: yeah Else
0: uh, we go is this um peas beans uh, beans yes obviously a fair amount of starch and stuff and beans i don't know it's much in peas uh, is it, are these sugar snap peas I love sugar snap peas one of the f- foods that I can eat uh, daily like a bag of Chris yeah. what
2: say it again I said um, sugar,
0: sugar snap peas are a food that I could eat daily just like a bag of Chris just eat them out of the packet like, like you're eating Chris no they're lovely mate
2: they're alright like, but you know, I them my like crisps then again i'm not a big fan of crisps either okay. No. okay
0: well yeah so peas potatoes beans pasta rice those types of things so cool okay they tend to yeah. obviously be the you want me best jasmine rice yes i love jasmine rice digest lovely in my stomach and it's so soft and
2: fluffy yes it's just lovely and it is the best rice that is i agree
0: Conquer. Um, I was going to say that starches tend to be your higher calorie um, types of carbohydrates when we're talking about plant-based foods, don't they? So hence a lot of the foods we we said there are probably lots of foods that if you were dieting, you might remove or limit in your diet because you can pretty much eat as much green veg as you like because you're unlikely to eat enough calories to cause too much of a problem. Unlikely. Still could, but unlikely. Um, But when you start thinking about, oh, well, potatoes are, um, you know, I can eat many of those, like some diets promote, (coughs) Slim World, (coughs) I mean, um, yeah, that can obviously be a bit of an issue, because some people can eat a lot of potatoes, and obviously rack up quite a lot of calories, which is, we know, counterintuitive for creating a calorie deficit, which is required on a diet. Mashed
2: potato, isn't it? A relatively small, a relatively lot, lot of potato goes into making, you know, a relatively small amount of mashed potato then you add in butter and stuff and know that's not obviously not know, a I me mean. yeah
0: well I just I mean obviously potatoes are a high satiety food um, so they are top of the satiety list created by a researcher which is great so obviously it should mean that you you kind of get full or fuller quicker uh, and be more satisfied but let's be honest if you're dieting there aren't many foods that really satisfy you um, if you've been in a deficit for a long enough time so it can easily kind of take into oh I'm just going to eat loads of potatoes um, so this, as I say, starches is probably one of the things that you're the more likely to re- remove or reduce from most people's diets straight away, which is why we come up with things like swaps um, to help people feel better when they're dieting by swapping kind of some of the starches, so things like potatoes, for things like butternut squash or celeriac or um, those types of things. Because obviously they're a lot lower in starch and therefore a lot less uh, calories. Cool. Cool. Um, so, resistant starch, di- which is a different type of starch.
2: It's basically not digested in the small intestine, pretty much. That's for the long and short, really, isn't Yeah. Um, uh, I was going to say... I don't know what we you going
0: to say. Whatever that noise it's is, fem- though, it's really annoying. Is that your mouth?
2: Yeah. It's cemented in the gut, in the large intestines. Mm-hmm. Um... Benefits Maybe due to the production of Short chain fatty acids um, Increase of bacterial mass Can be used as, can be used as a prebiotic
0: mm-hmm. That's what I was going to say So essentially a lot of the benefits of resistant starch Is um, apparently to help Against things like bowel cancers And it's shown some Positive effects for obviously Helping us avoid bowel cancer And they believe that's because it's just basically helps your microbiome Or your your, your gut bacteria because um, they feed on the, the resistant starch and the fibre that you eat as well. And that obviously helps them grow and that helps then, obviously, your digestive system. Helps you pass whew, your stools.
1: But also, like like all starches and fibres and stuff like that, too much is going to cause some uh, some of the old gassy gas and uh, some windy bottom.
0: Yeah, I mean, we had Laura talking on early, early on in the days, didn't we, we were talking about um, IBS and those types or oh, Israel Bell syndrome etc etc and yeah I mean if you've got or suffer from IBS that I mean that gas is quite normal so the gas created by things like fiber and the foods that digest in your gut is quite normal but if you then suffer from IBS um, that can be quite painful because obviously that gas is what's then causing discomfort and the issues that a lot of people have with IBS is obviously diarrhea because it draws water out into the intestine and then to flush through the stools to so get diarrhea not a nice place to be but Yeah, I mean, we're not obviously, I'm not an IBS expert by any stretch, so
1: I think it kind of sometimes happens to sort of people without IBS as well. Because I know sometimes with some foods, like sweet potatoes for me, I just don't digest them as well as others, but. I would not class myself as somebody who has IBS at all. Um, And I'm normally pretty good with 99% of foods, Um, but just sweet potatoes in a, like a, you know, not a large quantity, but in a, in a portion. Um, I, I I always make jokes with Alex, like give me, give me an hour and a half, two hours and I'll be swelled like a woman who's six months pregnant. Um, I'll just be uncomfortable and I just need to fart a lot to get it out. Um, Just, yeah, just, I think some foods react differently with other people or different people. But that doesn't mean that you then you should listen to these IBS wannabe gurus who are like, right, you need to cut everything out of your diet that contains fibre, and we need to, rah, 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 rah. and they just like spout some absolute bullshit, and you end up going gluten free for the next six months.
0: No, no, but on the same or in the same breath, obviously, you don't want to. Yeah, you're right. Don't just cut everything out unless you're kind of suffering from. You know regular ibs constantly
1: symptoms. yeah yeah not just once and yeah yeah, yeah. because
0: yeah. i guess i mean it's certainly if it's like you like if you just said you know you have know you had one food and it's triggered something off and you kind of know it's oh it's sweet potatoes then just cut out sweet potatoes yeah, yeah. don't but, really eat
1: them that much anymore uh,
0: if it if it continues though then you know obviously you might have to start an elimination diet um for a small, yeah. short if, period
1: if you can't put your finger on it yeah if you, if you think oh god that's happened a few times and then you if you can kind of go, oh, right, okay, well, what meals have I had this time? Okay, it was that, and then, oh, wait, I had the same meal before, then you kind of know and and you can test it in that sort of sense. Um, But if it literally happens, like, once and then never again, like, don't go thinking you need to go gluten-free because you see that quite a lot, which is a bit weird.
0: Yeah, well, I think a lot of the problems with people that, um, obviously, because if you're allergic to gluten and after you have a true allergy, you can be tested. You can obviously have... Um, blood tests done to test for antibodies and they can actually tell if you're celiac, but a lot of people still get IBS style symptoms from um, from obviously well from, from gluten which I think a lot of the theories were actually it's not necessarily the gluten That's the problem It's the fact that things like re- uh, wheat, rye, barley, etc. are all high in FODMAPs and obviously we know FODMAPs so fermentable sugars Um, they cause IBS style symptoms in some people so a lot of time, it's nothing to do with the gluten. It's actually the FODMAPs in it. And obviously, whenever anyone goes on like uh, an elimination diet, the first thing they remove is gluten. And they say, oh, my God, I've removed gluten. And all of a sudden, I had no problems. Well, you know, they, And they, they then assume it's the, the gluten when actually it's probably the, the FODMAPs, et cetera. So. Um, but there's said... Yeah, gluten's bad for them. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So um, anyway, we've got a slight, <coughs> slight tangent there. But I guess, obviously, the, the resistant starch part... Um, Kind of aligns with with fiber uh, and obviously has an important role for gut health. Um, we'll get onto fiber in, in a minute, I suppose. But one thing it's probably worth also adding around, um, and I got in this conversation with someone I think in Alad and Dan's group, their Fat Loss Made Easy group on Facebook, because someone was talking about they had some kind of acid reflux and some issues, and um, so they got someone had mentioned to them about reducing their carbohydrate intake and that might help and I think a few people said oh, I'd never heard that and I said well actually I think I listen, remember listening to a Danny Lennon podcast where they were talking about um, kind of like gast- gastroenteritis blah 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 and I can't th- what was it reflux disease I can't remember what's obviously SIBO or what small intestine small intestine bacterial overgrowth that's what SIBO stands for doesn't it I made that up oh, He's right, he's right. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of that is where what we're kind of talking about, so a lot of these resistant starches, fibers, or even carbohydrates, sugars get into the large intestine where they shouldn't do, or or, or some get in there, and they ferment, um, and then it causes gas problem, and then they get acid reflux because it's like a volcano pushing stuff through, effectively. So if you are suffering from anything like that, just while we're talking about IBS, then reducing carbs, specifically, so obviously some of the higher fiber ones as well, might make um, a bit of a, a, a well make a good tactic to do just to see if any of your symptoms disappear.
2: Funny, enough, when I run. I get indigestion and heartburn do you? hmm mm,
0: okay um, that sounds more like a uh, esophagus yeah. entry issue if it's just running but unless it's to do with the food you've eaten beforehand
2: mm, say, I didn't really don't even really remember what I had beforehand.
0: Or maybe it's your body rejecting you running
2: <laughs> no are yep. you doing mate it's <laughs> <Get> it <laughs> It's for
1: me. Is that because you wait like ten minutes before running?
2: Oh, no, I, that. I, I, I Done a session. I I run twenty in the gym and then I'm gonna be running at the end. Okay. I thought Burns my Car is not it? Cool story, bro. Yeah, not really. <laughs> uh, okay. Actually, yeah, it's. Quite
0: <laughs> shall we? Shall we move on to fibre?
1: Love a bit of fibre.
0: So what is dietary fibre? Don't all jump at once.
2: Indigestible portion of food. Usually derive from plants. Lovely. Basically.
0: Yes. So things like the cell walls and you know like the cellulose and um, other parts here. I don't know what else fibre is actually, other than cellulose and other stuff.
2: We were early, yeah. In 2015, the UK average consumption was less than 15 grams a day. That's quite poor
1: What is the RDI?
2: Oh, what is
0: it? Um, 15 to 30 grams? 15 has been a low. I usually tend to go for, and I don't know whether this is... Well, that's the,
1: that's the government recommended. I'm sure is it's it? 15 to 30. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I'd normally say between 20 and
2: 30. Well, um, guidelines, dietary fibre, above 30. Yeah. Okay. I normally go 12,
0: twelve grams per thousand calories consumed. I think I got that recommendation from SBS. I think, or might have been before then. I can't remember. I got a recommendation from somewhere. That usually fits around right. I suppose if you eating a couple of thousand calories, twenty-four grams. It's about right. I think. Yeah. Start, as, as a minimum.
1: As a yeah, minimum. Yeah.
0: I think if you start going over two, I mean, fibre is one of those things that we've already touched on. Really, more more is not always better.
1: I think different people kind of. Uh, stomach it differently. We yeah. um,
0: Vance. Yeah, stomach cause, it.
1: Because <laughs> if I have a couple of consistent days at like 35, 40, then I'm going to know about it and I, yeah, I, it won't sit well with me. Whereas if I sort of sit between that like 20, 30 kind of mark, then I, I tend to sit pretty fine at that. Um, whereas I know some people who sit at like 45, 50, 60 and have no issues at, at all at all yeah for most people that destroy their insides um so i think it is quite individual um and it also it depends on your body weight as well i think really because if you're a lot larger person then your intestines are going to be bigger (laughs) and so you're going to need more Uh, whereas if you're a 45 kilo you know five foot woman you're going to need a little bit less than than a larger person
0: i would like to see some sort of um clinical trial or a meta-analysis on people's body sizes in relation to the size of their intestines
1: you'd have thought well especially height
0: i don't know if there's any correlation there you just might have made a massive assumption i don't know
1: maybe 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 (laughs) maybe but if you think about it like Somebody who's five foot forty-five kilos, but forty kilos, their intestines aren't going to be as uh, just because of size. Like their heart's not going to be the same size, their lungs are not going to be the same size as somebody who's six foot seven and eighteen stone.
0: Well, um, how big a difference would there be? What I would say is like you're also assuming that someone who's six foot seven will have a ginormous penis compared to someone who's only six foot, like me, which is clearly not true. (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah, but the monk, uh, do you think he must have got a, I heard the words the Joe Rogan po- podcast he says I reckon he's got a seal in his pants who <laughs> a baby seal he said H- Thor something or other oh, right. Thor, yeah, he's landed strong man yeah oh, right. oh, that's,
0: Chey- yeah yeah. has got his Gunnison something in it
2: see the picture <laughs> of him of his wife Thor, he's like, Thor like, Julius Bjornson. yeah Beyonce.
0: Beyonce. he's
2: like okay. nine and 400 pounds and she must be five foot, like a hundred. Yeah,
0: that's like yeah. if you see Shaq with his, I'm sure yeah. Shaq with his wife, she's yeah, I mean, bear in mind, Shaq's what seven foot something. Then,
2: yeah. yeah, here's a question of you. I will bring the conversation down how do they have sex? It's like a, He's a giant man, she is tiny. Have you seen the 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 meme
1: of the the massive, massive guy? Um, and then they say it, Tiny, 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 tiny woman next to him, uh, and they're walking down the road hand in hand. This is, Shaq. Hand. This, is Sha- this is Shaquille O'Neal. It, 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 it is. him. I didn't know. I not know it was a picture of it. It's from behind. Um, but and then uh, it's the then there's the picture of the train that's too large to go in the tunnel, and it's just like smashed into. it. Oh
0: no, I've not seen. I've not seen I, I'm, well, The one I've seen is basically Shaq and his assumed wife or girlfriend walking down the street hand in hand, and then there's this picture cut next to it is a picture of a tiny little canary budgie. I don't think that's two different birds, but anyway, you know, you get the idea—a tiny little canary or something chomping on a banana.
1: <laughs> well, that's the the Thor and his misses. Yeah,
0: uh, I, I think the shack in the other one's bigger. Anyway, yeah. So, sorry, should, more... we, should we move back to fibre? i <laughs> I'm Just talking. This is rubbish. <laughs> oh my! You'd never get another professional fitness podcast talking about this type of rubbish.
2: Yeah, but important.
0: Yeah, yeah, true. Okay, so anyway, so fibre. Um, so just to, just to recap, average intakes below 15 grams. So the average UK intake, so we know it's incredibly low. That's generally a, probably um, a reflection of people's general diets. In fact, they don't eat enough plant-based foods, so their fob is really low because they're living on Twinkies and fucking Cheerios. Um, we, we expect you know, a lot higher intake from our clients and obviously people that want to improve their health. So what are the benefits and why are they doing it to improve their health? kind of touched on that oh, already from the helps
1: start, with the transit of things through your intestines um also helps with the absorption yeah. of nutrients as well um like, yeah so what, if,
0: what does the transit bit do i think that, i don't know if i mentioned that but i suppose like the whole point of the transit is that's the part that's supposed to help improve our bowel health we feel that like the transit of getting the things through is what's helping maintain our bowel health yeah
1: yeah if it's just sat there or if it's passing through very very slowly then um it's <laughs> if anything sat there for too long it's, it's not a good thing is it basically um you know if you're sat in your chair for too long it's not a good thing um whereas if it's moving through quickly not quick not too quickly though so uh, you know that's to kind of be a bit of a sweet spot where it's moving through uh, the intestines fast enough for it to sort of not be sit there and go stagnant and ferment and then you get all these kind of the ibs symptoms but it also needs to be moving through slow enough for things to be absorbed all the nutrients to be absorbed and stuff like that because um, otherwise you're just going to end up pooing out sweet corn um
0: i suppose there's an argument that helps you know if you've got ibs you might that might help maintain bowel health because obviously it's shift and stuff <laughs> Maybe. through very soon so
1: keep keep you flushed down pretty well yeah um what, but yeah, so, so, there is sweet
0: spot
1: Corn uh, on
2: Johnny. what we showed
0: so far <laughs> Why have you been son we just said about how the benefits of adequate fiber helps obviously maintain bowel health
2: oh, what else does it do helps word is it helps control um blood
0: sugar levels yeah i don't know how i don't know the, the mechanisms behind that why it helps control blood sugar i don't know if that was ever taught in mnu or whether i've never looked into it too much i don't know if it's just purely because obviously you derive less energy from fiber because it's indigestible um and therefore you have less blood sorry less sugar end up in your blood or whether there's something more to it than that but Apparently, it does help control blood sugar. Because you think, well, obviously, if you're having a high-fibre meal, it just means you've got less actually being used as glucose in the blood. So is that why it helps control blood sugar levels? It's probably more really? to it than that. We probably might might do a little research. I should probably know that.
1: Um, helps with the consistency of your stool as well,
0: uh, just to bring the conversation back down. Well, I well, suppose so. we'll, we'll touch on that next. So um, I guess the last point is just around, obviously, having adequate fibre can add what I've just said really kind of more bulk to your energy or your food I should say at no energy cost so you can basically have you know, more food or have a low energy density volume to your diet
1: yeah you've got to watch that as well there's far too much fibre then you are going to get those kind of ibs types. Um, Symptoms as well. So, yeah. well, I mean, um, the,
0: the, I mean, we're, we're yeah. not talking about eating fucking bran here, are we? We're talking about obviously having more fibre in terms of things like fruits and vegetables. So, you know, yeah, th- yeah. they're, not, they're as... not. You're not going to be having like 15 grams of fibre in a serving. It's going to be like two or three grams in a serving of broccoli, or you know,
1: yeah. Most most people will be okay. If you're a, I don't know, if you're trying to eat 4,000 calories from fruit and veg then you're probably going to have some sort of issues somewhere but um i don't think many people would be doing that but again it's down to d- down to the person as well some people will be absolutely fine from eating 4,000 calories worth of fruit and veg um whereas other people would just die from it so
0: mm-hmm. okay so um so while we're on fiber types of fiber because you talk about stool uh what you call it still <laughs> like consistency um, so two types of fiber soluble and insoluble, soluble,
2: and insoluble. It's easy for you right? um, soluble being things like barley oats beans figs prunes sweet potatoes um, slows transit time and insoluble fiber like roughage enhances transit time So if you need a shit, get some insoluble fibre (laughs) in you. Cereals, uh, whole wheat bread, lentils, apple, avocado, strawberries, etc.
0: I suppose, so knowing what type of fibre you're eating, and and I guess a lot of foods are not going to be just one or the other. There might be like a mixture of both, or some might be higher in soluble and lower in insoluble, for example. But um, I suppose if you are one of these people that suffer with... IBS style symptoms, or uh, and obviously IBS, just just while we're on it, and we did speak. Laura categorised this, but obviously you get IBS C and IBS D, so constipation and diarrhoea. Depending on which one you tend to suffer with and the most symptoms, you can probably utilise fibre. So if you're suffering with diarrhoea, you'd probably eat far less um, uh, insoluble fibre, wouldn't you? Um, no, sorry, soluble fibre. So obviously, because you don't want to slow down digestion if you've got. Con- did I say diarrhoea, constipation? Which around have I got that? Have I talked to. A- I don't know. I forgot what said now. Basically, sorry. Let's start again. If you're suffering from constipation, you don't want to slow digestion, do you? So you don't want to be eating loads of soluble, so You might want to reduce your soluble intake. If you, um, obviously, vice versa, and you're suffering from from diarrhoea, then you don't want to enhance your transit time because you've already got a very quick transit time. So you probably want to reduce your insoluble fibre. So you want to, inc- and obviously, um. Go for something with, you know, a more soft and sticky approach of your barley oats, beans, figs, prunes and sweet potatoes, as Johnny said. So I guess that's probably a good benefit. But I think if you don't suffer from IBS, then I suppose the recommendation would be just get a good mixture of all of them. Don't worry too much about your types of fibre, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it could be good to know about you know, what to eat for if you have, I don't know, some people kind of, if you, maybe if you're ill or stuff like that um and you end up with a bit of a like if you get the runs um so this week uh i well last weekend when i went on the stag do uh on the saturday i must have gone to the toilet about 15 times for the number twos um and then all week i've been constipated all week and it's just like my body's in like a complete 180 um so i was trying to um eat more roughage things like that just to try and get things flowing a little bit and it, it did take like four or five days just to get things moving and get things uh, back to normal which is probably like today's the first day where i've not felt horrible um so yeah so it's, it's good to know these things i think sometimes just to kind of like sort your body out a little bit when it's um having a moment
0: mm. uh, yeah, as a, yeah absolutely agree but i think if you're not then for the most people i say just Uh,
1: for general health yeah yeah. I'm
0: just thinking obviously I don't want people to worry too much about oh my god I must start trying to eat these types of foods or these types of (laughs) foods Um, Because I think for the most part it's probably going to be a bit of a a mute point and as long as you're kind of doing your general things that we would expect most people to do in terms of eating you know a good range of whole foods trying to eat different colours of fruits and vegetables and stuff you're probably going to hit most of your uh, markers of each just by default really
1: absolutely
0: what so let's let's. I think that's kind of like we've gone through the um, aspects or the makeups of obviously different types of carbohydrates. We talked about uh, the types of sugars. We talked about fiber, resistant starch, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, um, what exactly do they? What else? What other mechanisms do they have? Then do so. I'm just kind of talking about things like protein spread effect, digestive health, um, etc., cetera, et cetera. Do you anyone want to talk about that, or have I? Is there, is there any more to it? Bank faces. So, I, I mean, I suppose. Uh, what else the pro? What else the carbohydrates do? So, we said they give you energy. Whilst they do. So, I just kind of said protein sparing. We know that, obviously, um, muscle. All protein is muscle building. But for people that want to build muscle, what are the benefits of it being protein sparing? What does that mean?
1: I mean you don't break it down. So, if you, if you, especially if you're in a deficit and you're wanting to, to build muscle. If you have carbohydrates present and, uh, uh, you know, well, yeah, if you're dieting more so, but if even if you're bulking, uh, your body needs the energy. Um, so if you have carbs present and it's a breakdown into glycogen, it will use that as fuel. So your muscles aren't going to be broken down um, and then not re-synthesized, not rebuilt, um, and they won't be used as fuel. So you pre- preserve more muscle mass um, if you keep the old carburounis Uh, at a decent level um, throughout the day, throughout the week, throughout the life.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, Uh, that's one of the reasons why I prefer a higher carb massing approach as well anyway. Um, Purely because, as we say, we know that the outcome of building protein is uh, a balance between breakdown and synthesis. And if you can, you know, synthesis is only one side. We we all know about, oh, you've got to drink your protein shakes regularly to make sure that you're spiking protein. But actually, those periods in between when muscle being broken down, if you can then also limit that, which carbohydrates do, as we said, they you know they have this sparing effect, and they obviously stop muscle protein breakdown to a certain extent. Winner, winner, obviously, I think that's why. And it obviously, fat has no, like, anabolic response, if that's the right phrase. Because at least carbohydrates, okay, they don't spike um, protein synthesis. What they do spike, there is insulin. And we do know that insulin, again, stops muscle protein breakdown. So, and obviously, it's a storage and a storage hormone, so obviously it also allows us to shuttle nutrients back into the cells. Just don't eat too much, I suppose, and then it's starts as fat. But I think that's probably why I think if you're uh, if you're choosing for purely a muscle building um, approach, I prefer people to have a higher carb and lower fat than vice versa personally.
1: Don't be too scared of the, the whole insulin thing as well. It's a storage hormone, yes, but just because you eat carbs and spike insulin doesn't mean you're going to store all those carbs as fat because it just doesn't work like that. So um, I think that's probably like a whole topic uh, in its own, insulin. Um, I know we've talked about it very briefly, I think, in a few episodes, but never really in too much depth, but just don't worry about it too much unless you're diabetic, uh, then worry about it.
0: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Okay. Um, we talked about obviously digestive health and managing that. One thing that's also a nice uh, little point and it's something that I utilise a lot um, personally and sometimes with clients as well is the use of carbohydrates for sleep. Mm. Touch
1: on that. We, um, I, I get sidetracked now when what I've talked about on this and what I've talked about with clients. But did we talk about it a few weeks ago about kind of? Uh, no this was with a client um, so when, when people diet quite often people become insomniacs when they're dieting because uh, their body's hungry and, and all this so they're, they're awake all night uh, whereas I actually have the opposite effect when I'm dieting I'm just dead to the world and I'll sleep really really well compared to when I'm uh, sort of over-carbed and over overcaloried, then I'm, I'm up all night because my body's just like I need to burn calories uh, especially when I'm higher. sometimes having some carbs before bed can be very beneficial to help people with sleep um sleep sounder go to sleep easier it's like if it's the old uh, christmas dinner kind of analogy isn't it after christmas dinner who doesn't feel sleepy um but and then at the same time though if you have too much too close to bed sometimes you can feel uh, discomfort um and you just feel lethargic and yes all right you might feel kind of like you don't want to move but at the same time you feel too uncomfortable to go to sleep so again i think it's kind of down to preference and the person's body and and all that sort of stuff but um it's something if you are struggling to go to sleep at night maybe uh especially if you are dieting having something before bed may be helpful
0: Mm. specifically carbs i think just because the mechanisms around it are um it increases tryptophan uh one of the amino acids um which then apparently switches your brain off slightly and also is a, uh, secrete or helps secrete serotonin, which you know is like a relaxing hormone. So um, those things might be, if you have like a, large, a large-ish bolus or have some carbohydrates, or it might make you a bit sleepy. So and just how that might help you relax and get to sleep. So it's worth trying, but I agree with you, Ed. I think that you need to obviously be in, in, individualize everything. Uh, and obviously if you are the type of person that, don't sleep very well if you kind of got food in your stomach or a lot of people the opposite aren't they? they 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 don't sleep very well if they don't have food in their stomach a lot of people if they go to bed hungry they can't sleep at all like you say not just necessarily because of the diet fatigue but just purely because they just hate having an empty stomach or going to sleep hungry so. mm, yeah
1: if my stomach's rumbling when i'm going to sleep there's not a chance i'm just going to be thinking about getting food so i might as well just go and do it there and then and uh, quite often my go-to is a slice of bread
0: slice of carbs beautiful carbs um, I suppose maybe one of the last things, and maybe we finish on this, unless you guys want to add any more. But carbs can be quite high food volume, so um, they can you know picking the right ones. We, I know we talked about maybe reducing starches if you're trying to to lose weight because you're trying to then essentially reduce calories to create a calorie deficit. But there are lots of higher carb foods which can actually have quite a lot of high food volume, and none better than things like sugar puffs, such a high volume cereal, Rice Krispies. Why am I coming up with all the junk for cereals, eh? Say junk. Now we're talking. Now we're talking. Son. No, just, <laughs> I mean, even bread, like relatively, you know, a slice of bread, you might get 80 calories of a slice of bread, say. Um, it's a reasonable amount of food, like potatoes, we said, it can be quite high food volume if you, you know, nice baked potato. So they can add some some help help to the diet to try and keep you satisfied and help society satiety, etc. etc. So um, don't cut them out, especially, as we said, if you want performance. So...
2: Eat think how small your meal is going you know, to be because obviously you you know quite high fat pretty high fat it's like fat is obviously very low volume so many calories for such a small plate imagine compared to I don't know what well, do you think know,
0: a spoon of peanut butter
2: yeah a spoon of peanut butter to vegetables it's like insane the difference in food volume yeah. I and mean, when you are like hardcore dieting and you get into maybe the limits of where your body wants to go to you ain't gonna be st- sticking spoons of peanut butter in your mouth and if you do you ain't gonna get to where you wanna be no way if you're doing it multiple times a day so that's I suppose it's more, more more like your, your keto sort of stuff but think about think about you know even even a salad I mean it's not exactly many calories isn't it? but salad veg and chicken breast. Most of the pile of food you could have on that compared to I don't know, chicken breast and almonds. For yeah, I,
0: I'm I'm absolutely with you, mate, in that. My personal preference is to have um high food volumes and that helps me with society. I I'm not one of these people that have a higher fat diet and think, Oh, I'm full all the time, which some which I mean obviously for us just to play devil's advocate or not for us, for me to play devil's advocate and to us to be um Evidence-based, we do know that there is some evidence out there that shows that for some people, not everyone, but some people do report um, that they're more satiated on a higher-fat diet, which is fine if you are. Um, but personally, I'm, I'm like you. I'm like, well, actually, I think I tend to be more satiated if I have a higher food volume um, and a higher carbohydrate intake than I do having... Like, If I tried keto... Um, so I've never really tried to go proper keto. I've gone low-carb and not proper keto. But if, I've, if I tried it, I'm not sure that I would it would be best for me in terms of adherence and sticking to it because I think I'd be hungrier and I would be if I, if I included carbohydrates. Plus, I couldn't live without pizza or cake for very long. Like,
2: like we're not saying keto doesn't work, because it does. It does work for some people. But for, from, for, I would say, in excess of 90% of the population, it isn't practical long-term if you want to live a normal life. No matter what these people say who oh, love keto, and there's a few ideas out there, We'll talk a lot of shit about it. Like, you go to a restaurant and try and go keto. What are you going to eat? What are you going to eat?
0: Steak, steak and butter.
2: Steak and butter. <laughs> let's have, let's have a lump of steak, please, with butter. Do you want any sauce with that? No. Do you want any veg? No. Do you want rice? No. Potatoes? No. You could have, Just some, give me... you could have some green <laughs> veg, probably. You are.
0: You could have some green
1: veg. Not yeah. much, though, because even that would—if you have that for a couple of meals—that even that will
2: take you out of ketosis. So you may as well stay in the house. Because it's it's medium protein, because I mean, obviously protein take you to keto, blah blah blah. It's like, well, stay What's the point? It's you know, just, just a little practical thing about it. I mean, if you want to go keto, fair enough. But just think of the practicalities of it.
0: I I just I I sorry, go, on, mate. As,
1: as I say, you can't even have that much protein either. You have to reduce your protein intake, so it's not yeah. as if, Oh yeah, I could do it because you just eat bacon for ten meals a day. Well, no, because the gluconeogenesis that we we're talking about earlier on where protein is then uh, broken down into glucose um and, and all that gels i, I so. think
0: i think i do feel like we need to caveat it to say that obviously we're not keto experts and i remember i did read something quite recently that showed actually sometimes that the protein takes are a bit higher than like we might imagine that you can get away and still stay in ketosis i mean don't you remember emil did obviously his keto experiment and he was saying that he was eating quite a lot of protein in meals which he might have expected to be knocked out of ketosis and he wasn't so I think obviously we just probably need to be a bit careful around mm. us saying too many sweeping statements to say mm. this, that and whatsoever but you know
2: it's more the long term practicality because I I read today oh yes that you could do it for life i like really can you really some well,
0: people so, some people could but I'm Fair. not one of them I'm not one of them. I, 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 do. You do find it hard to think that many people can literally say, "I'm never going to eat pizza again," or "I'm never going to eat cookies again," or "I'm never going to eat cereal again." Oh no, whatever your carbohydrate is.
2: biscuits burgers, chips, cereal, pizzas—anything that's tidy is has got carbs in it. Yeah, yeah. And don't tell, don't tell me your favorite food is steak. Come on. It probably is a field, but you know what I
0: mean. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> you've yeah, not just steak. yeah,
2: yeah, but
1: it's it, it's everything that goes with the steak, isn't yeah. it? You ask so, Ed,
0: you ask Ed. He's not going to have steak is he? he's going to have steak and chips, boy. Maybe yeah, maybe a piece so. of gammon on his steak, <laughs> and a piece of chicken <laughs> on his gammon.
2: Make a screw the shit out of that. It's that's because
0: that's country
2: boys do. And cheese, it's just meat. Yeah, yeah.
0: Anyway, so let's 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 move away from keto bashing because. I feel like I need to balance this up because Johnny's a keto zealot. He absolutely hates it. With a passion.
2: I, I hate the people who push it more than it did the thing itself. Keto's fine if i good going go to keto, but don't go telling people it's the best thing ever. And but, then being vegan. And then sell your stupid shitty detox at the moment you're him. I, I think
0: I'm, the same about Catholics. Oh shit, I went there.
2: Can't believe it. Just di- dis just Catholics, oh, I, can't I can't say that.
0: That's what, This is why like Buddhism. Because it's like, well, Buddhism's all about inner mindfulness, isn't it? They don't feel the need to fucking tell everyone, "Oh yeah, I'm a Buddha," or, you know, come and come and be a Buddhist with me.
2: Buddhist. <laughs> <laughs> Catholic church is really, uh, well thought of. It, it? you are. I don't think the Catholic Church is well thought of. At the minute, no. With, well, okay. you know,
0: they've
2: okay. been to, 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 you
0: know. Yeah, too much abuse in that realm. I think, but probably the mm. less said about that, the better. Anywho. We Jesus. might offend a Catholic priest, man. Jesus Christ! That was a pun. That pun was intended, by the way. <laughs> okay, so I say we call it there. It was well over an hour. Jesus. Jesus. Call it. Um. How'd you end this one abruptly?
2: Yeah, just go. Just go. Bye. No, I'm not right. Ready.
0: Um, nothing to plug. Again,
2: I said before the podcast started. Eating no carbs is like using a vibrator without batteries. It's all right, but
1: it's better with batteries. (laughs) You get the jobs on quicker with batteries. (laughs) Thanks for listening to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast. We'll speak to you all next week.